Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Man, this morning was a cold morning. You don't, you 11, you don't know. You came to the 11 o'clock service, don't nod yet, unless you were up early. Maybe you were. If you've got kids under five, you do know. I understand. Uh, but it was. I was driving here this morning and it said 3.5 degrees in the car. It's getting cold. It's getting harder to wake up in the mornings. I'll tell you another reason it's getting harder to wake up in the mornings. I started, I started this new gym routine. I feel like I say this regularly, but I do stick with them for a while. I still did. I, I started this new uh, gym routine. And my old gym routine used to take me uh, maybe about 40, 45 minutes. And I don't mind saying this thing is an absolute killer. Like, I'm not joking. It's like 80 to 90 minutes if you include a warm-up in there, which when you're in your early 40s, you do have to do that. And so uh, I, I started doing this, right? It's just that you have to be dedicated and getting up super early in the morning, if I still want to get my God time in, which I do, uh, and I've got to get up and do it. And I tell you, uh, when I'm waking up in the morning, there's everything in me is like, no, just stop, just stop, right? But I go, no, nah, if you don't stop, you're not going to see the results, you know? And, and there's something in, in me that's just driving me. It's because I want abs. I want abs. So, so you know, it's like, get up. You know, you're not going to get that sleeping in bed, although I wish that was true. It's not. And so I get up there, and, and even when I'm doing sort of a few uh, reps or, or, or sets, right, and, and there's something in me saying, you know what, you've done enough. You've been here for an hour. Just leave, right? And there's this other part of me that says, no, just one more, like two more. Because I don't know, abs could be after that next one. It's like that next sit up, boom. You know, I, I don't really know. Uh, but, but I have this thing that doesn't, I don't like to let myself off the hook. And um, I actually read a blog a couple of weeks ago and it was the power of one more. They were actually talking about working out. Uh, and it says, you know, just do one more. Just press that little bit harder and see what you could have if you just pressed in a little bit more. And I just feel like, you know, that's so true because it's easy for us to, you know, start something. It's really easy for us to stop something. And it's, it's very easy for us to stop things that we know are things that we're meant to be doing. And sometimes the reason for that is we just choose to settle for what we have instead of pressing in for what we could have. And I feel like that is where the church finds itself a lot of the time. It's like we just settle for what is instead of pressing in for what could be. I want to preach a message this morning that... Is if you like titles, it's Why Stop When God Is Moving? Why Stop When God Is Moving? Psalm 65 verse 11 says, You crown the year with your bounty. It's not that little chocolate coconut. Yeah, I know, they are good. But it's, it's not that. But it does mean good things. You crown the year with your bounty. Good things. Right? It says, Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. I'm a very visual person. I like to take things and just understand it, maybe simplify it. And I thought maybe I could demonstrate this scripture for you this morning. Just hopefully it makes sense. And I have um, somebody that's going to help me here today, Charles. And uh, Charles is playing the role of a wagon today. And uh, would you please put your hands together for our wagon, Charles? Go for it. I actually asked the 9 a.m. I said, is it like, I don't know if it's either insulting or complimentary if I say, Charles, you're a fantastic wagon. You know, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Anyway, it's what it is. So, you know, I, I, I visualize these things. The, the idea of this scripture is that we are meant to be following God. And as we follow God, he's, he's got left some tracks for us to follow. Does that make sense so far? Are you with me so far, everybody, in the 11 a.m. service? All right. So, so we're meant to be following God, right? But good things are falling off the wagon. It's, it's the bounty. It's the good things, right? So what happens is, the idea is, is that we're meant to be walking in His tracks, which means we have to follow Him. Amen? All right. So what happens is, is that as we follow God, we, we pick up some good things along the way. This one might be the gospel, I don't know. But, but we, as, we, as we follow God, there are good things that are in store for us. But the thing is, is that we need to keep following in order to keep 
you know, collecting that bounty. And the, and the problem is, is that sometimes we get to a place where we sort of go, well, I've sort of got it. I don't think I can actually carry any more than what I've, what I've got here. My hands are kind of full, right? And, and so when we have enough, we stop. It's really easy to just stop. Well, I've got enough. I've seen people do this in their following Jesus. I've seen people do this in their walk with God. They follow God to a certain point, but they're like, I think I've got enough now. Ah, I've got the gospel. Things are going pretty well. Uh, my kids know Jesus, so this is, this is probably this is all I can carry. This is enough for me. This is enough. And, and, and they just stop. Do you know, people will often stop when they're satisfied. And so what I tend to find is, is it's our own satisfaction that prevents us from pressing on further ahead and seeing what more we could have. Does that make sense? Awesome. Please, I'm just going to kick these over to you, Charles. Please collect the bounty and uh, everyone just, Charles, good luck with that. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. One more. One more bounty. People always stop when they're satisfied. I've had enough, no more. This is enough for me. You know, God, this, everything's working out really well right now. Everything's in this nice little box, right? I give a couple of hours to church. I even serve and I, and I show up. I give an hour to a small group. I, I, I just, this is enough, but no more. People stop when they're satisfied. Have you ever been to a buffet? Like a food buffet? Have you ever been to a food buffet? No, just a couple of you. It's interesting, yeah. That's exactly right. I was talking about Sizzler this morning in our nine o'clock service. Yeah, I don't remember a lot about uh, Sizzler except the cheesy toast. And yeah, there you go. Yep, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yep, awesome. Um, that, that's the most excited you guys have got today. Cheesy toast. And, and you know, you would go there and, and you would eat as much as you can. Do you, have you ever eaten so much and you get to a point where you, you eat so much and you go like that? Like you have to take a breath? Okay, so when you take that breath, that's when dietitians and specialists would say, you have to stop. Like, don't eat anymore. And normally around about that point where you have eaten that much, right, at that point, you should feel satisfied. I mean, there are some wild people that are still hungry after that. They keep on eating, right? But what a lot of people do at that moment, what they're supposed to do is stop. You stop when you're satisfied. You stop when you're happy. I've got enough. I just wondered this morning, what would make the church... What would make this church so happy that we would just put the brakes on? What would satisfy us to a point where we would just say, hey, enough's enough. You're taking this thing too far. Like we've got stuff to do, you know, enough. What would satisfy us? What could we have happening at our church that would completely satisfy us? I mean, what about great services? I mean, imagine if we had services that were just, oh, wow. It's like every week. I mean, I think our worship leaders are great. But, you know, imagine if it was 10 out of 10, the Holy Spirit descends on that. You know, we maybe even see tongues of fire. I don't know. You know, amazing things are happening and people are getting encounters and, and healed in the services. And we are seeing that, by the way. But imagine if we had all of that. Is that the pinnacle of what we're aiming for as God's people? Is that it? Well, I hope not because... It's not all about services, Ooh, you know, like if that's, if that's what we say, oh, services are great, but this is enough for me. I mean, at what point do you tap out and say, oh, that's enough, but no more? Is it great services? I mean, what, what if to add to the services, we have these most amazing workshops that we have during the week that will totally transform your life. And by the way, Pastor Sarah and I are leading a parents course, parenting course, right? That starts this Thursday. So if you have small children, get in it. Let's work together, people. So, so but we have uh, workshops that transform your life. And it's like, oh man, I'm so glad that I did. The church was great on Sunday, but this workshop's really helped me because I could ask questions and, you know, it's just stuff that we didn't really talk about in church. And yeah, it's awesome. Is that the pinnacle? Is there more? Yeah, come on, there's got to be more. What if you had great services where God was moving and you had an incredible uh, workshop that transformed your life? What about an amazing small group where all the people in the small group are your best friends? 
And it's like, oh my gosh, th- Lord, this is it. This is it. These are the glory days right now. Wow. Wow. You know, I've got all, all my friends are here. They know everything about you and they still want to hang out with you. That is awesome. <laughs> now, they, they actually like you. It's like, wow. Oh, my church is amazing. I, I just don't know if it gets any better than this. Is, is, is that, are we now at the pinnacle? Is it? Maybe there's more. What if we didn't have to do it in our own rented facility uh, and we could leave something for the next generation we bought a building? Wouldn't it be really cool if we could have all of that but in our own building, yeah? All right, cool. Uh, and, but, then, but then, what if we, after the first building, we say, that's it. I'm tapping out. I've had enough of this guy's stuff. It feels like a push. You know, like, uh, you know, I've been waking up early in 3.5 degrees. You know, I don't know about this thing. It's, you're just taking this too far. It's like enough is enough. Like, I've got my God box and my work box and my family box. And it's like, you know, just put everything where it is. My life is neat. Everything's neat. I, you know, I, I think, you know what? I've just had enough. I've just had enough. What would stop you from running down the wagon? What if instead of one building, we had five buildings and we had multiple churches in multiple places where people were getting, everything that we were doing in this building was just being replicated in another place. Would that be pretty cool? Would that be the the pinnacle? I don't know, guys. It's pretty cool, but I don't know if it's the pinnacle. My point is, at what point do you go, I've followed far enough. I've gone as far as I want to go. I don't plan on pressing on any further. I'm just happy with the, the rhythm of life, the routine that I have. I don't want to mess with this. Did you know that scholars believe that there is going to be a global revival before Jesus comes back? Now, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Nobody knows. Few people have had crack at it, but they're always wrong. The Bible says no one really knows. Right? We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but there's going to be a global revival before it happens, which means it's between now and then. That's exciting, yeah? God is going to do something new. God is going to uh, express himself in a way that sees millions and millions, maybe billions of people come to call him Lord and Savior. I think that that's amazing. But as amazing as global revival could be, to be honest, I feel like there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying in this church specifically, but just in general, maybe just Christians, maybe churches, right, that would be really happy to stop with personal renewal. Just personal renewal. Renewal is when something has been made new. Did you know that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus? Did you know that? You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, the old is gone. Behold, the new has come. How did you become a new creation? Well, I'll tell you about it because it says it in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It says, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. See, it's only by the Spirit of God that anyone can say Jesus is Lord, which means that even though people, when they give their lives to Jesus, they don't understand what's really happening. I'll tell you what's happening. God is revealing who Jesus is is and in that moment of absolute spiritual clarity they say he's real I don't know how I know but I just know that's a work of the spirit on the heart of an unregenerate person and they regenerate that which means they're becoming a new creation the old is being made new isn't that awesome so what happens is people experience that personal renewal and think, man, this Christian thing is awesome. But could I just explain to you that God's plan was not to stop with you, but to actually work through you? Like when that happened, it wasn't meant to stop or end with you. Personal renewal is great, guys. But there's something else called global revival that we could take aim for. The thing is, it's really hard for God to work through you when you're completely satisfied with where you are. You're just satisfied. I've had enough. No, this is, this is enough for me. Let's not push this thing too far. I was at a conference recently and look, to be honest, I wasn't well when I arrived on the Gold Coast and I was sort of half recovering and I was pretty tired and early mornings and late nights and, and we got on the plane with my kids and I was sitting next to Isaac, my son, and we were planning on watching a movie. I even downloaded a movie on my iPad so that we could sit there and watch it together. I was about to pull it out. And this like beautiful, you know, lady came and sat next to me. She'd just been on the Gold Coast visiting her, her grandkids, really nice person, sits down 
And I just kind of look at Isaac and my kids know. (laughs) There's no movie coming. I am absolutely leading this person to Jesus. And if it takes the entire flight, I'm going to do it, you know. And so I look at him, he looks at me and he just pulls out his phone and like, not that he has one, he just gets it from his grandma and uses hers. But, you know, but he just starts playing games on his phone, right? And I start talking to this lady and, and we have this great conversation. She's a very, very nice lady. And, you know, quickly I sort of discover, you know, she's, she's not a Christian, but we're talking about everything else. Um, you know, not God, we're not talking about church or anything like that. We're just talking about life. And she told me that her husband passed away sadly. And, and so I was talking to her a, a little bit about that. And after a while, she says to me, you know, so what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. She's like, oh. And then she asks no follow-up questions, you know. <laughs> and I feel like it is, it can be a bit of a conversation killer. So we just, I just, you know, turn the conversation back to her. And, um, you know, we, we keep talking about her for a little bit. But as we start to speak, I start to explain some things. And I start to talk about God a little bit more. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. She is not going anywhere. You know why? She can't. Awesome. <laughs> so she's sitting there. It's actually really cool when you're sharing the gospel with people on a plane or a person on a plane, you're not just sharing it with one, you're sharing it with about 15 people because you know, all the people in front of you and behind you, they're all listening because you, you know, it's what it's like on a plane. You're like sardines in there. You know, so anyway, I, I'm explaining it to her and I'm telling her about what God did in my life. That's a great thing for you to do, by the way, is, is stop thinking that you have to know everything about the scriptures. You don't have to memorize the Bible. Just tell people what God's done in your life. You know, no one can argue with it. It's your story. And you know what? If you mess it up, you're the only one that knows. Move on. Just keep going. You know, God will know and you'll know, but no one else. So just keep going. So, so I share this story about what God did in my life and, and, and she hears it, right? And then still even then, like she's, she's still sort of like processing what we're talking about. And she says, um, well, and I've heard this many times, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not. You know, I don't, I don't know about God, but I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. And I thought at this point, like, I obviously, as a Christian pastor, have some very specific beliefs around what's real and, and what's not. But it's not going to help me to tell her at this point that I think that she's wrong. Well, you're just wrong about that, all right? Let's stay on the same page. So I just thought, look, um, well, maybe I can just pray for you. I heard what she said, and we talked a little bit about it. I said, can I just pray for you? And she said, oh, I don't even know what I need prayer for. And I said, well, you told me you're going on a new holiday. And she said, yeah. I said, can I just pray for your holiday? And she said, yeah. Now, this is the best part because I've got a green light to pray, right? Now, I'll get to the holiday. (laughs) All right? Like, this is like a class on evangelism, right? I will get to the holiday. But my prayer... It was all over the place. And then I pray, Holy Spirit, do this, you know, in the name of Jesus, because that's who I believe in. In the name of Jesus, amen. And she opened her, I opened my eyes and she opened her eyes, right? And she's got tears in her eyes. And she said, you know, you talked about that moment when you had that moment, like when you knew that God was real. And I said, yeah, she goes, I think I'm having that moment, you know? And I invited her. She could be here right now. I don't know. I hope you are. Maybe you're watching online because I told her about our church and gave her all of my details and said, hey, this is where we are. And, you know, I hope she is watching, right? But, but you know, I, I just realized and recognized that God is so desperate to reach people. Like, how would it be for me to say, God, I've given you four days at a conference. I think I've done enough. I'm not following this wagon any further. This is my time. I need my time in my neat little box. Can't I just watch a movie with my son? Is it too much to ask for to have a little bit of time to myself, you know, and and, and just talk to him, right? That's not what I want to do. Why? Because there's something in me that beats for the heart, you know, the things of God. And I'm like, no, no, no. What's one more? What's one more rep? What's one? Let's just push a little bit into this space and see what God can do if I just follow this a little bit further. And see, this is the thing. You don't know where God's going to take you. You just keep following the wagon. Does that make sense? 
I don't know about you, but I want to see how far this thing can go. I want to see how far God will take us. I want to see how far God will take our church. And I'm not willing to stop because I'm satisfied. Do you get what I'm talking about? Man, we've got to live with some dissatisfaction, some holy dissatisfaction in our lives if we are going to be the church that God is looking for. Amen. There is a story in the Bible that begins in renewal and ends in revival. It's a cool story. It happens in a place called Ephesus. And in the city of Ephesus, big city, third largest Roman city, 250,000 people, multicultural city. They worshipped Diana, which is this goddess of fertility. And, um, you know, they, the, the whole city was caught up in the occult and magic. Like they were right into magic. And so as you can imagine, there's a lot of demon worship that's going on in that place. And when you worship demons, guys, bad things happen to your soul. So plenty of people not... Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that they were possessed, but really oppressed, you know, and, and so demonically. And, and so Paul comes along and this guy, man, don't you ever feel for this guy? I mean, you go through some of the stuff that he's been through. It's like, I've been shipwrecked. I've been, you know, beaten by robbers. I've been this, I've been that. I've been stranded, you know. And you read this story and like, none of that stuff has happened to us. And sometimes we're like, oh, <laughs> enough, you know. And you look at Paul and he's like, nah, what's one more rep? Let's go. So he's in the city of Ephesus. It's in this city that really, in so many ways, would reject the gospel, right? They, they already have a God. Why do they need another God, right? And it's into this space that he preaches the gospel. And if you're uh, new to church and you don't understand the gospel, here it is. God loves you so much, but you are not perfect. And unless you receive forgiveness from Jesus for the wrong things that you've done, you will spend eternity without Him. It is that black and white. But God loves you, so we sent Jesus to pay the penalty for all your sin and all of your mistake. And if by faith you believe that what Jesus did on the cross, that He did that for you, then, if, then that faith has an effect on your future. What happens is, is that He takes the penalty for all your sins. So when you face God, there's nothing left to pay. Does that make sense? Okay, so here He comes and He's preaching the gospel into this city. I want to read it to you out of Acts chapter 19, verse 11. It says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched His skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and evil spirits came out. I was thinking, when's the last time we sent a handkerchief to someone? Like, in all honesty, you know, I think there's a precedent for it in the Scriptures when I, when I read this. But I will tell you this, I just heard of this happening and healing people. What are you waiting for, people? That's exciting. All right. Verse 13, it says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you. That's I've never said that. It's a weird thing to say. But they said, I adjure you by the Jesus, not their Jesus, but by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. Why, did, why were they doing this? Because they had seen the power of the name of Jesus at work. And they said, well, we're not being successful. Let's do what is working. And they try to use the name of Jesus. The problem is they have no relationship with Jesus. And just so you know, everybody, everything you get in your spiritual life comes out of having a relationship with Jesus, not simply knowing His name. It says, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leapt upon them, mastered all of them and overpowered them. Now, if you want to know if you are seriously failing in your exorcism, here is a very important point to pay attention to. This is how you know that what you're going for isn't working. So that they, being the, the Jewish exorcists, right? They fled out of that house naked and wounded. <laughs> Guys, naked and wounded. They went in to cast out a demon. They ran naked, no clothes on, running. If you ever find yourself running naked from that situation, something in your Noah should say, this didn't go well. You have failed in your attempt to do this. 
Here they are running, it says, and this became known to all the residents. Oh, this is so embarrassing for them because they're actually Jewish itinerant. Do you know what an itinerant does? This is all they do. Guys, this is what they do. What do you do? I'm an itinerant exorcist. Were you one of those guys that ran naked from the house? <laughs> nah, it wasn't me, mate. Nah, that wasn't me, right? Are you sure? Because one of my mates saw you. Nah. <laughs> I didn't do that. Everyone knew about it. They knew who these guys were. This became known to all the residents of Ephesus. It's a big city, 250,000 people. Oh, thank God they didn't have iPhones in that day. You imagine that on TikTok. Someone's catching it. There's no more ministry after that. Can, I can cast that out. No, you can't. Look at this. I've seen you. <laughs> and fear fell upon them all. That's like a holy fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. The way that that word 50,000 pieces is written, it's actually 10,000 times five. That's how it says it in, in the Greek. But the, the word for 10,000, it, it actually means like incalculable. Like incalculable times five. So you're like trying to do the math. You're like, what is that? Like $50,000? No, like way, way, like incalculable. And this is their prized and precious possessions. And, and they're burning it. The city is burning their books. It actually ended up in a riot because so many books were being burnt, people were leaving Diana and going to Jesus and the people that make idols were saying to themselves, what is going to happen to our business? So there was a riot that started to break out. Guys, there is a difference between personal renewal and revival. Renewal is when we're leading people to Jesus and they're saying yes, and there's a season of renewal. Ah, and I love that. It's like every week in this church, people give their lives to Jesus. We see renewal happen all the time. But even if we started to see it happen like on, on, uh, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, we're seeing altars filled, right? We're still not at revival yet. Revival is where there's an open heaven over an entire city and people are breaking down everywhere and coming and burning their books and saying, we, we are turning away from everything we believed and we're going after Jesus, right? There's a difference between renewal and revival. You see what I'm saying? It's like, why would we just stop with renewal? My life's okay. It's okay for me and my family. Why stop at renewal when we could have revival? It says in the scriptures in verse 20, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Imagine if they stopped at renewal. Imagine if they said, oh, we got a few people saved. It's good enough. Let's go on to the next city. Imagine if Paul didn't just press in and stay that little bit longer and continue to preach the good news. Imagine if this happened today. Like, honestly, we read these stories and maybe we just visually, we think about it only happening back in that day. It is prophesied that there'll be a global revival, right? Do you know what this will look like when it happens? Man, I don't know if we're going to burn anything, I'll be honest. <laughs> but it'd be pretty cool if we did. <laughs> like, maybe in Federation Square, we just have like a mass, I don't, know, I don't even know where this is going, guys, but imagine... <laughs> We're not, just so we're clear, we're not burning government property, okay? I want to stay on the air and continue to have a church, not go to prison. But imagine if we had a fire and people were just throwing everything in it that was separating them from God because they were so moved by the presence of God. Seriously, right? Like, I don't know if they're going to be burning books, but imagine if, a, guys, you know that witches are still... There's witch covens are everywhere. Like, you know that this is real. People practice the magic and dark arts and things all the time. It's not just Doctor Strange. It's not in Marvel movies. This, this stuff is real. Like, people do this, right? And imagine if they, you just saw entire covens falling on their knees, repenting and saying, we didn't know we'd give our lives to you, Jesus. Can you imagine if we saw something like that? It'd be amazing. 
I don't know if people would be burning books because, you know, we, things are different these days. Imagine if, the, I don't know what you'd burn. Imagine if there was such a, such a move of God in a city that people understood that, that what righteousness really was because the scriptures say, John 16, 8, that the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world, which is another way we, we could say like is teaching by convicting what sin, righteousness, and of judgment is. So like people go, oh, I'm okay. And then they go, oh, I've sinned. What happened? The Holy Spirit convicted them. Oh, I have done wrong things, right? What's, what's righteousness? That's who God is. Oh, I have none of it. You know, and imagine if they had such an encounter with God's holiness that people just started repenting of everything, all of their sexual sins and all of the issues that have plagued them. Maybe they're putting in magazines that they know that they shouldn't have. People wouldn't even do that, to be honest, these days. They wouldn't be burning that. Do you know what people would probably burn today? Their iPhone. Just throw it into the fire. You know, it's like, but iPhones are like 1200 bucks. Yeah, you'd be surprised. When people are moved by God, money is nothing. They, they don't care. Because they are so moved by God. Imagine if they were like, that's it, I don't care. All I want is the presence of God. All I want to know is Him and His righteousness. Imagine if alcoholics were like, they're just turning away from drinking. They were throwing that into the flame. That would really set things on fire, wouldn't it? (laughs) You know? But it'd be awesome, you know? And, And people are just repenting of sin everywhere because there's an open heaven over the city. That's revival. And we can get excited about personal renewal, but man, revival is like another level. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm saying we could get really excited. Like, what's the pinnacle? Good services? No. Great workshops? No. Awesome small group? No. Um, Getting a building and, you know, no, 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 no. Guys, revival where God is touching people that we'll never meet, where the Holy Spirit is convicting people. And they, they don't even know. They're just the presence of God is moving. That, that's revival. Man, to be honest, this isn't even a message about revival. This is a message about not stopping short. This is a message about following the wagon, about not coming to a place where we say, I've had enough, no more. I think I'm just going to stop where I am, right? That's, that's what this is, is, is about. Imagine if it's not just you know, your, your family or your extended family that gets saved, it's, it's their friends, their neighbours and their entire sporting club all happening at the same time, right? That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Church, don't be so easily satisfied. Don't be so easily satisfied. When you're satisfied, you stop. You're like, that's enough. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Do you remember when you first had that encounter that God was real? Like, did you have that? I remember knowing that God was real and then I walked away from it for a while, but then I remember coming back and like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I remember my life when I really had that encounter with God. It was like, Colors were brighter. Every day was a 10. I'd wake up in the morning and I thought, man, this is awesome. You are so good, God. And I know you. Wow. That's honestly how I felt. And then I remember I met Sarah. She didn't, she didn't know God. And along the way, she, she had that same moment. I remember when we were dating, Sarah would come over to our house. And, you know, you know I'm still... Gosh, I'm still living with my parents. But there was a big gap of, of nearly 20 years in between that space. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, uh, but Sarah would come over <laughs> and we'd sit down and we would talk till like two in the morning about how amazing God was. I remember searching the scriptures and going through and saying, oh, look at this. Did you ever have that? Did you ever have that? Is it just me? I'm just projecting. Like no one else had that. Did you ever have that? Did you ever have that moment where I was like, God, I had that. You know, people that keep that, they're different. But a lot of people lose it. There was a church that had Jesus as its first love, but it lost its first love and it ended up becoming lukewarm. It was the church of Laodicea. And, and Jesus said, oh, I spit you out of my mouth. You know, people that lose that love for God, it's just different for, for them. 
it's like, it's like somewhere along the way, they just stopped and said, this is enough. And they went no further. Fine, I'm doing it. I'm going to the meetings. I, I, I go to church. I'm even part of a small group. And I serve once a month, right? I'm saying you can have all of that and lose your love for God. People that keep their love for God, it's, it, it's different. I, I've been thinking about this question. It's been in my head all, all week. What happens when the glory of God loses its shine? You know, like when it's new, it's so, wow, it's, it's new and it's like amazing. But then somewhere it just loses its shine and you don't even know where it happened. At one point it was like center stage in your life. But somewhere life got busy and now it's like, I go to church. It's just like somewhere the glory is, has lost its, its shine. Do you know how I know when the glory is losing its shine for people? When people have become so accustomed that they've absorbed the bounty as just part of their everyday life and just take it for granted. It's when things like, you know, we, before the service, we have someone that comes up here and prays for people. You guys would see it every week. And they share something like, hey, so this week, someone was healed of this, right? And it's not like a cold. It'll be something significant, you know? And there'll be, there will always be, and I'm not, I wasn't looking, you know, so I don't want you to feel guilty, but there'll always be someone that just is like, wow. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> like, this is amazing. This is a move of God. If we just absorb the move of God, it's, it's like, are we really going to shrug at miracles? Yeah. Are we really going to shrug at people getting saved? Are we really going to, man, the glory is losing its shine. It's not even remarkable anymore. It's, you become so accustomed to it that it's just taken for granted. That worries me. That, uh, that worries me. It's like I think about, this is, this is not just this generation. Like it happens to many generations. Even when you read about in the scriptures, you know, Israel, when they went out to the desert and they were uh, led by, or they had a pillar of fire by night and led by cloud cover during the day. And I wonder about the kids that were born into that generation who when they woke up and when they're as far back as they can remember, they've, all, they've only ever known a pillar of fire by night and cloud cover by day. And they just take it for granted. Like this is what, how life is. And I wonder if their grandparents that, that were in Egypt would say, you have no idea. This is not how it is. This isn't normal. Don't take for granted an unimaginable move of God's Spirit. You're in an outrageous season right now. You've just absorbed it and become so accustomed to it. It's not even special anymore. I'll worry about the generation that is raised up, that sees things and just goes, yeah, well, whatever. This is a move of God that is unprecedented. And what I'm saying to you is that right now, we are in a move of God and it's not just happening in Bright Church. There is a move of God across the earth right now and far be it from us to take from a, for, for granted and absorb the bounty of God and just say, oh, well, this is how it is. It's amazing. You know, the Israelites, they had manna from heaven. Guys, manna, manna. They're hungry and food is just falling in the desert. And they complained about it. Gosh, manna again miracles again. Well, well, you know, they complained about, they complained so much. They said, would it kill you to give us just a little bit of meat, God? Right? So he did. And that killed them. True story. <laughs> Do you know what really irritated God? They took it for granted. There was a special season that they were in and they took it for granted. I'm like, I don't ever want to be like that just taking it for granted. Back in the 80s, there was an ad that was on TV and it began with a guy in a canoe in the jungle, which I'll admit is not the right place for a canoe to begin. And he launches out and he's going down this ravine and then he goes into a river, right? And let me tell you, he worked up a sweat. 
But luckily for him, he had a can of something on him and it wasn't VB. He had a can of something on him, right? What was it? Solo. Solo. And what did they call it? Solo, the... Yes! Solo, the thirst crusher. I reckon the church is drinking too much Solo. Way too much Solo. You know why? Because their thirst is quenched. They're like, oh, that's enough. I've had enough, right? We don't want our thirst for the things of God to ever be quenched. Do you know how we know that the thirst... That, that being hungry and thirsty for the things of God, do you know what would be a sign that the, that, that the thirst is gone? Really poorly attended prayer meetings. That would be a key sign. You, you know, when people hear that there's a prayer meeting, but they think someone else will go to that, or that's not for me. There's no hunger. Do you know that the natural state of your spirituality when it's functioning appropriately is to be hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And if every time you're like, that's for someone else, that's for someone else, you have no idea how hungry and how thirsty you are and you're missing out because you're not there. Do you know one of the things that would make me realize or make me think, man, the church is losing its hunger and thirst for the things of God. There's no fasting. We have a fasting meeting and someone says, I'll die without food for five days. No, you won't. Seriously, people can go weeks without food. You'll last five days. We're doing it next month. I invite you to come and be part of it. We do prayer meetings. They start at six in the morning, right? Come and get hungry and thirsty for the things of God. Don't let your thirst be so easily satisfied. And I promise you, do not drink a solo between now and then. Maybe have one after. When you're full, you stop eating. When your thirst is quenched, you stop drinking. And when your heart is satisfied, you stop seeking the things of God. But you don't realize that there's more. I'm like, let's never be that church. There is a church that we read about in the scriptures that, and this is like the go-to church in the New Testament that people will read and talk about, but they do it for a really good reason. It comes out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's like such a well-known verse, but look at the sequence of things that happen. It says, and they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. They were so devoted. Not someone else will do it. It was like them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and... And this group at the back here. And I will come for you. What's that movie where he says, I will find you? I felt like I felt like that in that moment. Taken. Church, I feel like we are in a Kairos season right now. There's Kronos time, which is like the time that we have that ticks on by, but there's Kairos times. And I've been saying this for weeks now, but I'm telling you right now, around the world, we're in a Kairos time right now where God is doing things on the earth, like special things are happening. And it's happening, it's happening everywhere. And I just think, what are we going to do with it? Why stop at renewal when we can have revival? Why stop when God's moving? I'm like, I'm on this train. I want to ride this train as far as it would go. Like, and you know what's weird is that some people are like, like, would you, <laughs> would you jump off a moving train? Like, imagine if they were just going past your stop. You're like, this is me. Would you just jump out of a moving train? No, that's insane. You'll hurt yourself. Don't do that, everybody, right? What I'm saying is stay on the train. I don't know how far it's going to go. But actually, I just think I want to see everything that God wants to do in the season that we have. Do you know, people will tell you, right, everything in moderation, rubbish, God in excess, God in excess, everything in moderation. Oh, don't don't get too serious about this whole God thing. You don't want to lean too far into that. Get balance. Make sure that that everything in your life is in this little box, you know, perfect, right? 
You know, you don't have time to do a prayer meeting, right? You don't have to, right? I don't, guys, I don't want balance. I want excess. I just want excess of the right stuff. There's a scripture that I, I heard recently and it's just, it just gripped me. I have been thinking about it for weeks, right? I want to read it to you. Zechariah 10 verse 1. It says, Ask rain from the Lord in the season of the spring rain. It's weird. Ask for rain in the season of spring rain. Why would you ask for rain when it's in the season of rain? I'll tell you why. Because when there's an open heaven, why wouldn't you want more? If you're hungry and thirsty enough, why wouldn't you want more? Some people just won't be able to get enough. There's a move of God and there are some people that will say, I've got enough, right? But there are some people saying, no, I want more. Let's have more. Let's see how far this thing can go. I don't know when, when, when God is going to move one direction or the other, right? I know eventually there will be a global revival, but I know that we're in a special, special season. So why not ask for rain in the season of rain? I just want more than what I'm seeing right now. Do you have vision for more than what you're seeing right now? Or would you be satisfied with great services and just great workshops and small groups that work well and good set of friends and we own a couple buildings, right? You know, it, that's guys, that's not the pinnacle of what we're going for as God's people, as God's church. Sure, we've got goals, right? But I just know that I want to see more than I've ever seen in my entire life because I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. If you have everything that you want and you find yourself completely satisfied today, I'll get a vision for more. What did the Psalm say? Psalm 65, 11, You crown the year with your bounty, which is good things. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. I'm going to ask for my awesome wagon, Charles, to come and help me. Come on, put your hands together for Charles. What are we supposed to be doing? We are pursuing God. Never stop that pursuit. Never stop that pursuit. I spoke to a guy after our 9am service this morning who had a huge encounter with God, gave his life to Jesus at our, one of our Easter services. And I told him, I want more. I'm still growing. I, I, I just, I, we're all on, on, on the journey. I'm just not gonna stop somewhere. People stop when they have enough for themselves, when they're personally satisfied. And you can only, guys, you can only carry so much, but I've discovered something about God. I might be able to only carry so much, right, of the good things of God, but I've found a way to keep on going. You know what we do? We just give it away, right? I can only hold so much for myself, right? But what if, what if we just keep going, right? And don't hit a light. <laughs> In the church. See, 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 I can only carry so much for myself, but I've discovered that if I don't get tired of doing this, if I don't get tired of going after God, right? If I want to pick up more, I've got to keep moving and following, right? Man, this is, do you see what I'm saying? I'm saying, right, why would we stop and say, I've got enough? Do you understand that God wants to work in you and through you? Can I explain to you today that not everything that comes to you is just for you. So if you've heard the gospel message a number of times, awesome. Give that away. Give it away. I reckon the gospel is the only thing that probably incre it, it increases in value the more that you give it away. It's amazing because it doesn't just save this group of people, but them and them and them. It's like it becomes more valuable as it expands. And what God wants to do is work in His church. He has bounty. There's plenty. There's plenty to go around, right? Don't stop when you're personally satisfied. Don't stop at renewal when we could go for revival. One is all about you. The other is about how you're blessing the world, how you're blessing other people, what you're giving away. And I would ask you, right? What are you giving away? Has your walk just become about the perfect balance of schedules and times and... What would you say? No, I want excess. I want more than I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't just want my family to get saved. I want all of their friends to be saved. I want the city to be saved. I want to see transformation on mass scale and I'm not willing to stop following the wagon until I get there. You know, I've got this idea 
and the Bible speaks about it in the New Testament, Corinthians, right? That God generously sows into you so that you can generously sow towards others. He gives it to you so that you can give it away. What we're supposed to do is let God's blessings not just come to us, but pass through us. And I would say of all of God's blessings at the absolute pinnacle is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what we wanna give away more than any other thing. Can you stand to your feet this morning? I'm gonna finish really quickly this morning. But here's what I wanna do. Just close your eyes for one minute. If you're here today and you say, there's something about today. Maybe it's just a message. I believe it's the Holy Spirit at work, but you are moved by God and you want more than you've ever seen in your entire life. Just raise your hand. Father, I pray for every person with a hand raised right now that says, I want more. I'm not satisfied with what I've seen yet. I believe there's more. There's another season. I want to see more baptisms than I've ever seen in my entire life. I want to see a season where people give their hearts and their lives to you. We want to see repentance on mass scale. We want to see transformation on mass scale. I pray, God, everybody with a hand raised right now, would you work in them and through them? And I pray, God, that they never grow tired of following in your wagon tracks. That, Lord, they just stay on journey. They keep going after you. They keep going after the things of you, God. God, and the good things that you give away, I pray they redistribute it to a world that desperately needs it. And God, I pray that we do have revival. I pray that we do see a fresh move of your spirit. I pray, God, that we see it en masse. I pray, God, that people everywhere in this city, in the city of Melbourne and beyond, that people would repent and turn to you. I pray for global transformation. And I pray, God, that your church gets, gets this. May it burn in their hearts. Lord, for anyone that's lost their first love, start a fire. Start a fire, Lord. Start a fire. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.